Hello everyone this is your host KK I'm super excited to let you know that I've launched my first book called Why Me First it's available on amazon.com I'm putting the link in the show notes click the link grab your copy today there is a free gift for everyone inside the book may I also request you to please leave me a review that would mean the world to me thank you so much imagine celebrating your success going on holidays having bonfire on the beach with your loved ones unfortunately most entrepreneurs experience burnout within the first year but what is it that makes others succeed i'm your host tajul khurana call me kk join me as we have fireside chats with experts who have insider secrets around how to rest rejuvenate recharge and be bonfire entrepreneurs Hello and welcome back to Be Bonfire Entrepreneurs with your host Kajal Khurana you can call me KK our guest today is a top entrepreneur mentor and business architect he has had a hand in starting and owning 15 plus businesses across multiple industries including technology real estate fashion digital marketing and high level entrepreneur masterminds and coaching His love for travel takes him to an average of 5 countries per year to stimulate creativity to create renewal and to enjoy a life of adventure. At his core he is most past and he is Michael Zeller. Welcome to our show Michael. KK excited can't wait to dive in with you. Awesome. Please tell our listeners who Mike Zeller is. I would say I'm a soulful entrepreneur with heart that wants to make the world a better and more beautiful place. Thus far, you know, I've I've started and I've failed a lot of different ventures and succeeded a lot and uh but at my core, I'd say what's what's most fun and fulfilling for me is unleashing the god-given potential and the talent of some of the world's brightest and best people. You know, I've I've worked with people from seven or eight different countries now and to see people from all walks of life from all all corners of the globe just step into their path get clarity on their zone of genius learn how to how to create fulfilling and sustainable business that is aligned with who they really are and the person that they know they've always meant they were you know one of the biggest challenges people are asking hey what on earth am i here for what's my purpose and you know once you experience success then you also start looking for fulfillment and and then you want to marry success and fulfillment together and it's definitely possible and i've seen it happen over and over so that's a little bit about me i've i've done about every type of adventure and and venture that you can imagine it feels like and i've got a lot more to create well i can imagine it over 15 different businesses in different countries it's awesome i mean congratulations for all the achievements thank you it's it's been uh it's a lot of failing forward faster <laughs> but you learn you never gave yeah, up that's right. at least yeah. you are an inspiration to other aspiring entrepreneurs no doubt no doubt cool so um mike tell us what did you learn by spending around 1500 hours with tony robbins 
Oh yeah. So I, one of my first, my, my biggest investment of a single investment in myself was, uh, I did Tony Robbins platinum partnership two years in a row. And, you know, I learned so much from him, but especially like how to shift your state, you know, state management. Like if I'm, if I'm low energetically and I'm low mentally and emotionally, then I, if, if I stay in that state, I'm acting out of that state. Right. So and to, to raise up to my greater potential, I've got to shift my state into a higher, more resourceful, more energetic, more powerful state. And that can happen in a single moment. And then also you can shift in a single moment meaning and attachment. Lots of my clients I, I work with, you know, they come to me. They've got, they're brilliant at what they do. They've done so many, so many amazing things. But then they have, maybe it's a limiting belief or a fear or an agreement they made with an ex-lover or parent or something that they internalized a wound. Right. And there's, that wound is still carrying with them 20 years later. But that, how they re- release that wound and release the energy and the association and shift the meaning, that can happen in a moment. And I love seeing that happen. The breakthrough, like it's probably once, once a day I have a client that ends up crying and releasing emotions <laughs> almost. Right. I can relate powerful. to it, yeah, because I also have some clients, they have everything like you mentioned earlier, they're successful, mm-hmm. they have children, uh, they have all the status they want, money, but they're still not happy. So there are some kind of blockages. Sometimes these are mm-hmm. childhood traumas or from some past life, you know. Some people don't believe in their past life karmic accounts, but we do carry some traces, I believe, you know. That's mm-hmm. where we stuck. We feel stuck. Why We don't know why we are feeling the way we are feeling yeah. so it's so important to unblock that and you know shift but how, how what has your experience been when you see the people okay they realized it and then you see the shift happening after that do people continue to be happy or they go back into the loop of being sad or dissatisfied good question it, it depends on what their environment is mm. if it reinforces or supports you know if it someone's environment can be supporting the direction and the vision that they want to go, but they're, it's like they're dragging in a dead carcass. The dead carcass is their mopey attitude. And they got this part of themselves. Like, you know, you could call her mopey Margaret just wants to mope around and complain and whine about this or that until that part of you is left and you've anchored to your more powerful state. Like, so I've got like, you know, you've got multiple identities they are all within this one single person. True. You know, I've got, I call my, my identities weak Willie uh, and then magic Mike. When magic Mike shows up, beautiful, magical, powerful things happen. When weak Willie shows up, he's kind of weak and passive and timid. And, you know, he shows up as a shell of who he really is. So mm-hmm. it's learning how to anchor into and how to trigger magic Mike. So when I need Magic Mike to show up, he's there and being integrated and aligned and then acknowledging even the good intent. One of the things we don't, uh, one of the things that actually creates wholeness Mm -hmm. with that other part of ourselves that maybe was abused or maybe suffered setbacks or failures or embarrassment is acknowledging his or her good intent. Right. I think. And appreciation. Yeah, you're right. 
life is a package. Yeah. You can't rely yeah. on one thing. There are external factors, there are internal factors, there are inter interpersonal factors, you know, a lot of things. That's absolutely true. Yeah, amazing. So also talk to us about how do you help people create an irresistible offer in their coaching programs? Good question. So it really comes down to, uh, I have a 12 keys to an irresistible offer process that I've created um, that I teach a lot of my clients and mastermind members. And then, you know, I had a lot of high level consultant clients that would, you know, were a seven figure business and just by implementing that, they would double their business. So it works on coaching, works on e-commerce, all, all the different ventures. I studied like Russell Brunson and Jay Abraham and some of the smartest marketers in the world to figure out, hey, what, what is it that when you nail it on the head makes it easy for your, your ideal client to say yes? And there's, there's 12 different things plus a 13th bonus one. And, <laughs> and so it's really, uh, you got pre-framing. So the persuasion, and this is ethical persuasion. You know, it's, it, it's wrong if we sell something to someone that they don't want or need, mm -hmm. right? So let's, let's leave that. But if, if you truly can help someone, then it's your ethical and moral responsibility to do everything you can to sell them your product or service, even in the midst of like a coronavirus. Mm -hmm. You have a responsibility to help people. Right. And if you're by people making a buying decision that helps them, then that's what they need to do. Right. All right. So the first part, persuasion. Yes. Set the stage. How are you pre-framing? Setting the stage. The, the sale happens before the sale. Framework is, you know, are you setting price anchors? Are you creating positive associations that are relatable and connecting to your core audience? So that's the 13th. That's the bonus one. And the first 12 of the 12 keys is social proof, mm. you know, and social proof comes in like third party logos. That's why people do PR and press. Like I'm going to be featured in some PR in the next couple of days. And it just adds, you know, you have those logos going across your website that adds to your credibility. Yeah. And then also testimonials. Testimonials are like, I have a wall of like 30 something testimonials of, from previous clients of video testimonials. So adding those and having those in checkouts or on your sales pages, your landing pages, or telling those stories in the sales process. So social proof is a huge one. It's one of the most valuable ones. Then you've got other things like a small commitment that leads to a bigger commitment. If, if any of your uh, audience members have signed up for like a dollar trial of something or like Dollar Shave Club or those type of products, that's a small commitment that ends up being like a three year commitment. So then you do, then you also have like two for ones. It's called jackpots where, you know, I, you see it a lot during Thanksgiving, you know, black Friday sales where, or charity promos where, Hey, you buy this and then you make an impact over here or you buy this and you get this as well for free. Another one is scarcity and it's scarcity of time and quantity. So if, if something feels like really abundant, there's no urgency. Mm. So you got to create, have real legitimate, not manipulative, but real scarcity in terms of uh, timing, pricing, all those things. Another one is value stacking. You see Russell Brunson do it really well where you got, you know, on sales funnels, you got like uh, seven different things that are included. 
you know, that's $11,000 for 1997. Yeah. Now it is a psychological maneuver and most of us are aware of that, but it's also like, Hey, if I'm getting these other programs that are legitimately sold somewhere else at a higher, at another dollar amount, that's better value. We all want value. Right. So when the value, the price is a lot lower than the actual value, that's an easy yes. A couple more beauty. And so like, why do we, why, why is Apple the, one of the world's most valuable companies? They create beautiful products. Why do we like a Ferrari? Or why do women like Chanel and, you know, Louis Vuitton purses and Prada? Because they're beautiful. We want beauty. And I think they have a why behind them. So why should you buy Apple? Why should I've read uh, Simon Sinek's book recently? So I love this. Like the why, you know? Yeah. It's a brand identity. And it's also a feeling. You know, at the end of the day, people are buying feelings. Mm. And so we have to respect and appreciate the human psyche and treat them as, as a human being. You know, smart marketers, Versus dumb marketers, smart marketers are really seeking to understand uh, the human psyche and, and connect to it. Um, and dumb marketers ignore it at their peril. Right. Amazing. I have a couple of questions there. Like you spoke about testimonials on your sales page and everywhere. I do feel it's important. But why, what I have also noticed in last one year, a lot of people are just getting testimonials from their friends or their community. Most of them, I see are not authentic as well. They are not genuine testimonials. What do you have to say about that? Yeah, I mean, you, out of your own authenticity, you should uh, primarily use or a- exclusively use real testimonials from real clients. Now, if you're just getting started and you offered to do a pro bonus coaching session with a friend and they really liked it, and they give you a testimonial, I don't see a problem with that. Now, if they're just totally making something up that's not true, I have a problem with it. But, you know, at the beginning, early stage coaches, early stage, you know, businesses, mm-hmm. you, need, you need people actually using your product. Right. So like you gotta, the beta, beta uh, testing. Yeah. So you, if you're doing a beta program or beta test, then one of the main things you want from it is testimonials. Right. And those should be authentic and they're not lying, even though they might not have paid or they didn't pay full retail. Mm-hmm. Got it. Amazing. So what were some of your challenges? Uh, how much time do we have? <laughs> Take as much as you want to. Are you trying to escape this question, is it? <laughs> or you are telling me your list of challenges is too long? <laughs> Uh, yeah, too, too long, too long. No, but, okay, you know, tell us I, just a few. You know, I've had a few. You know, I've had multiple times where uh, I have supposed financial partners in the venture that then backed out because they couldn't come up with money. And, and you know, I was supposed to be the marketing business development partner. Mm-hmm. And now I'm also the financial partner. And uh, so I had that on a sustainable fashion brand that I was a part of. And that put me in a pickle in, in the sense of like, I wanted to honor uh, my business partner um, at the time, the fashion designer. And I wanted to honor our word, you know, even though my other partner um, wasn't able to uh, honor his word and the agreement that we were signed on, on the dotted line. So it was, 
you know, that put me in a cash constraint. And then I had to, had to rebuild from that and, and persevere. In hindsight, if I were to go back, I would have renegotiated and revisited and paused the contract until I found another financial partner because I was already financially carrying the weight of three other businesses. Mm-hmm. And so when you have, you know, several other startups that you're, you're shouldering the load, I have a tendency to take on too much and to take on res- uh, responsibility. So if I were to look back, you know, a lot of business success uh, comes down to who are you partnering with and do you have the right business design? That's why I consider myself a business architect. And I think it's vital that we as business owners, we get really clear on where are we a bad asset and where do we suck ass at? Mm-hmm. And then how do we, who do we need around us to kick ass? <laughs> so you I get like those, it. <laughs> yeah. Because, you know, there's a reason every single big venture in the world, if you think about it, and you can probably look at top companies in Asia as well. They're usually partnerships. Even if there's one front guy, like you know, Tesla has Elon Musk, but Elon has a lot of partners too. Mm. Um, Apple has Steve Jobs, Steve Wozniak, and a bunch of other financial and business development partners in the early days. Right. You, know, you have partners. It's whether a venture rises or falls is largely dependent on the team, not the one sole individual. Right. Interesting. So tell us how important it is that all these partners should have the same vision and same passion. I think they need to be aligned enough to function as a team. Mm. You know, you're you're not like, you know, you're married, you know, my wife and I, we have, we're very aligned, but do we have the exact same vision? No. Right. Right. So it's kind of a myth that you have the exact same vision, but you need enough commonality and, and agreement to move forward in the direction and the general vision. Mm-hmm. Um, and same if you're, you know, so one man show with some freelancers, do, do your freelancers buy into your vision enough to support you? Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, but it's, it's absolutely vital if you have a bigger, and bigger vision and, and brand. The bigger your, your business gets, the more you need alignment, the more you need uh, buy-in, the more you need the right key leaders. They may not be business partners, but at least key leaders because you're, you're gonna hit a bottleneck in the ceiling. And you're gonna just be bouncing up against the wall for what the most business owners, they really are business operators. Mm-hmm many many years as they build the business until they get so tired right. and worn out that they're either forced to become a business owner um, or the the business eventually just recedes because they they hit their ceiling of what they could that what they could do yeah so it's like it's like a marriage you know <laughs> it mm-hmm. works it or it doesn't work <laughs> whether you agree or you disagree Nice. So uh, if you have to give yourself one piece of advice, say we go back 10 years in time, if you were like younger, what is that one piece of advice you would give yourself? Hmm. Do not move forward in a bigger venture. Find your zone of genius and stay in your lane. 
Say that That's again. That's what I would find? say. Find your zone of genius and stay mm-hmm. in your lane and then find others that are amazing in the lanes that you're not good at mm-hmm. and come alongside each other and build something better together. Interesting. Very interesting. <laughs> and what do you do yeah. to keep yourself productive? Good question. I keep my, I go airplane mode a lot in my phone. <laughs> okay. That's so nice. I really, I do time block. And then also I create intentional patterns where I have to unplug from the normal day to day. So for example, my wife and I have a, a rule or a goal every year that we go and live in one of the world's 50 most beautiful cities for at least a month. Nice. And most of the time right now it's Europe. Eventually it'll probably be uh, like Chiang Mai and Singapore and Tokyo <laughs> and some other cool spots on the, in Asia. But part of the reason we do that is it interrupts our normal pattern, creates freedom, creates a new adventure. And also like when we're in Europe and if most of my work is that, you know, most of America doesn't wake up until 3, 8, 3 p.m. Right. European time, guess what? I've done creative work. I've written a book written articles, I've worked on new interesting projects before, I have any pressure to be on the phone with anybody. And it's a beautiful thing. Like I love, love that aspect. So interrupting, creating time zone interruptions and new patterns, at least every so often, once a year in a prolonged measure for us, like that creates a new adventure and new reflection. Too often us, as human beings, just like a nonstop hamster on a wheel that just runs until we die. Right. <laughs> runs until we retire. You know, I don't, I don't, I want to get off that hamster wheel. Look at, do I like this hamster wheel? Should I adjust it? Is it actually going anywhere? Then I get it back on. All right. Like I want to be a thoughtful, reflective creature and build that into my rhythms. I'm forcing that into my rhythms of my life. Right. It also gives a message that change is the only constant thing in life. But mm-hmm. we hardly want to accept any change. But if you have this kind of lifestyle, which you just described, I think it gets a lot more easier for you to, you know, accept and adapt to changes. Mm-hmm. Amazing. So what are some of the common mistakes you see entrepreneurs are making? They keep acting as the donkey of their business. <laughs> you know, they're, they're the jackass. They're the ones... They're carrying all the packs up the hill, up the mountain. They are, they're the one, they're the workhorses. And they, in American, you know, one of the faults of our American culture is we are workaholics at times and we buy into that uh, mythology that that is the path to fulfillment. And I see a lot of entrepreneurs that work a lot harder than they need to. Like I work hard and I love my work. Like I love, I get to connect with great people like KK. You know? Oh, thank you. Um, so you don't need to be the mule or the donkey of your business. You, you know, you get to a point, sure, most of us, we have to work. We start the business and we're, we're the workhorse at the beginning. Mm-hmm. But at some point, if the business is going to be truly sustainable, hit its potential, make the impact it's called to make and be as profitable as it's called to make, I've got to work my way out of being the operator and being the donkey being the one that's directing the team, direct, being the, d- shifting from the doer to the decider. Like you don't, awesome. see billion, you don't see billionaires. Billionaires are not carrying their own suitcases. Yeah. 
Awesome. I, I love I, that, man. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> yeah. So, Travel light. That's what I yeah, tell my exactly. clients as well. Don't carry so much excess baggage. You have to mm-hmm. suffer. Travel light. Yeah. Amazing. I think we are in alignment as well in our thoughts. Yeah. Awesome. So I think social media also has a role to play. Because mm-hmm. there are overwhelming uh, courses and marketers and advertisements, you know, do this, do that. And then people get lost. And sometimes they don't have resources or they, whatever little money they had, they invested in the course, which did not suit their requirement. Like you mm-hmm. mentioned in the beginning of the episode that you would offer your services to the people who really need it. Not to everybody just because you want to make money, but most of the people uh, who are advertising and, uh, you know, trying to sell their course to everybody, they don't want to filter. They just think that anybody can buy their course and, you know, become an expert. So what do you have to tell to entrepreneurs who are actually falling into shiny object syndromes and then they fail to take action? Yeah, um, you know, the, the world does not go around because of brilliant ideas it goes around by brilliant execution of ideas so mm-hmm. you know at the end of the day uh, i'm definitely an idea person right? um, and i have a proclivity and a bent towards ideas my wife i wear my wife out with ideas sometimes mm-hmm. um, but i do actually execute and, and take action on many of them i think you have to you know, I'm, I'm guilty of having bought a lot of courses that I haven't gone through and finished. Um, I've gone through some of them and, you know, I just bought one today that I literally was like, I'm not going to go through any of this till like maybe July. Um, <laughs> but maybe um, but, because the offer was irresistible. Like the, yeah, it was. you don't it was. get it now, like, you're missing out, you know? Exactly. And it was about a it was about books and I was like, Oh, you know, book covers and book trailers. I was like, I should, I need this. I just don't need it right now. Um, but I, I think, um, shift in making your, making your bias, like what, what will it take? Asking yourself, what will it take for my bias to be bent towards action? And then who else do I need alongside me, um, to help me take more action? Um, you know, most of us, I think we regret the stuff we didn't do more than the stuff we do do. Even, even if we make mistakes, like I've made so many mistakes that I can kick myself for more for the things that I could have done, but I'm, I just didn't have the courage and I didn't have the gumption to actually do it. Right. It's okay so, to make mistakes. Right. Yeah. It also reminds me what Tony, like Tony Robbins says that your idea is an idea only until you know it's in your head and it will die in your head if you don't take action and then mm-hmm. he also says that if you have an idea and you discuss it with someone and then like you said you talk to your wife right but then you don't execute it then it will die on your lips so mm-hmm. your idea can either die in your head or on your lips if you don't execute exactly awesome i'm loving this conversation but we don't have too much time so what is one piece of advice you would give entrepreneurs Good question. First thing I would say is get yourself around really smart people. Like, hey, you know, if you look at really smart people, back to the billionaire example, you know, when when a billionaire, uh, like versus let's talk about someone who has more of a middle class mindset. When they come up with an idea, their first question is like, how am I going to get this thing done? How am I going to get this done? 
billionaire when they come up with a good idea. Like, who can I hire to get this done? How can I get this done through other people? Who's the best in the world at this? All right. So because they understand there's amazing leverage in buying other people's wisdom and knowledge. That's why coaching or masterminds or conferences or books or podcasts are so valuable because you're borrowing in a way. It's like I'm borrowing from the future. Like I could have gotten there on my own with just stubbornness and my own mistakes and hard work, right. but it might take me 10 years to get there. Okay. With your help, with KK's help, I can get there in two years. With my help, I can get there in two years. Right. You know, those type things. So how can you bring the future forward with advanced wisdom and knowledge, shave years, decades even, and pain and sorrow and mistakes? Because we don't, you know, we get money back. I can, I can invest in coach or mentor or whatever program, a course. I can, get, I can make another $10,000. I can make another $100,000. I'm not going to get 2020 back. Absolutely. Most of us don't want 2020 back at this point either. But <laughs> <laughs> with all the craziness. Right. Well, we don't want to touch that right now. Yeah, yeah. So the bottom line is it's not how, it's who. Right. If I have to put it in one line. Awesome, Mike. It was amazing talking to you. Before we say bye to you, please tell our listeners where can they find you? Yeah, great. Great connection with you as well. And uh, you guys can find me on MikeZeller.com. Z-E-L-L-E-R.com or Michael R. Zeller on Instagram and Michael Zeller on LinkedIn and Facebook. And uh, look forward to connecting with you guys. Also, I have a great book coming out before long called Twice Born, How Crisis Can Remake You, about how the journey of going through many, many crises in our lives can end up being an incredible gift. Amazing. I'm looking forward to reading that book. So I'm going to put all your details in the show description. In case our listeners want to get in touch with you, they can find the links in the show notes and just click them or copy paste them. Amazing, Mike. Thank you so much for your time. Have a wonderful day. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. Do you know, fragrance remains in the hands that gives rose. Would you please share this episode with your entrepreneur friends so we can help each other escape burnout, increase productivity and achieve our goals faster. Also, let me know what topics you want me to cover in our future episodes at info at bodymindsolution.com Would you please take a moment to rate and review this show? That would mean the world to me. And yes, don't forget to subscribe. This is your host, KK. Until next time, take care. Bye-bye.